Ah, here we go. Bob, you know, this this Microsoft Teams thing, I got to tell you, it's kind of tricky because there's such a lag from the time we hit the record. Oh, oh wait, we're taping. My, my mistake. So, hey, Action Alerts Plus members, sorry for the lag there. Uh, still working through some bugs using the Microsoft Teams platform to record this conversation between Bob and myself, which you know more as the weekly AAP podcast, where we kind of go behind the scenes and share members our conversations about some of the things that we're thinking about the market, the economy, and of course, the AAP portfolio. And I cannot have this conversation by myself. That'd be more of a monologue than a conversation, but let's welcome Bob in. Bob, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. It was a great weekend, and uh, um, I'm, I'm fired up for uh, today's podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, here we are towards the end of October. It's uh, We're getting right into fall. Um, leaves are falling everywhere. It, but what do you mean getting into fall? I had frost in my yard over the weekend. Well, that's that's getting into winter. We're getting into fall over here. We have rain. We have leaves falling everywhere. Every street's a mess with the uh, with leaves, but it's beautiful to drive around, Chris, and see the colors of the trees and the changing of the uh, colors of the leaves. Oh, I forgot. I know you have around you too. I, I I do, but I forgot this is still kind of new for you, being a yeah. former West Coaster. Yeah, of course. You know, being back on the West Coast, you know, California. Um, I mean, it's all a desert anyway. I mean, all you really see are, are palm trees and cactus everywhere in California. So you don't see much of the uh, beautiful oak trees and and the and, and that sort of stuff. So. Um, but you know, I, I'm I'm um, I'm intrigued by uh, by the markets as usual, and of course, Chris. Last week, you know, we saw the uh, uh, big rally off of uh, on Friday, off of what? Oh, a Wall Street Journal article saying that hey, the Fed may not be raising interest rates as fast as the market is perceiving. Yeah, I saw that. You know it. I, I, I know it kind of uh, stoked the notion of a maybe a, a baby Fed pivot, right, where they're not going to go as big as people were thinking. But one, there's still some data to go, right? Not not only before the November meeting, but before the December meeting. And we'll, we'll talk about some of it this morning, what we're looking for um, later in the week. But, you know, just just from just from a tangential perspective, um, the latest CME FedWatch tool says something like 475 to 500 bips, right, at the end of the year. The okay, right. by the end of the year. And so, you know, we got two more Fed rate hikes, that 475 to 500. I, I think we need to have some context for this. First, we came into 22, 2022, less than 1%. Zero. Well, technically, I think it's like 0 0.08, given the range or whatever. But let, let's let's just say easily less than 1%, okay? So now we've got a huge increase. And as we know, the increases that the Fed do, uh, they don't hit the market all at once. They lag, and then there's a, a cumulative effect that kind of stacks up. So there's a lot more to be seen. And, and I, I think we perhaps need to differentiate between what maybe the market might be thinking versus what we're likely to see unfold in the economy. Um, you know, the economy is, I mean, what we've seen in housing already, it's really starting to cool. We haven't really seen higher borrowing, weight, higher, higher borrowing rates hit consumer spending, but we probably will. Auto loans, you know, all those tied to interest rates, all those borrowing costs are gonna get more expensive. And I think people are gonna start feeling that pinch. Um, and we really haven't seen inflation roll over to any great degree yet. And then, then, of course, you know, we have the holidays coming up, Chris, and that's going to be a uh, a time where people are expected to spend money. 
spend spend a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, well, right? yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and do they have? And do people have that disposable income to pay for it? I mean, listen, I I, I sent you a, a shot, a, a screenshot of a friend of mine who who was at a gas station in California, seven dollars and nine cents a gallon. Still, yeah. that was just a few weeks ago. So you know, people people are being squeezed, uh, not just at the pumps, but also in the grocery store, um, in the in the mall. Um, anywhere, uh, any, in order shopping, even um, so, so it's 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 going to be an interesting situation because, you know, what we've got um, names in the portfolio like Amazon and Costco. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These names, uh, you know, traditionally have done well during the holidays, and um, I think that the amount of dollars that are going around in the pie has uh, has certainly shrunk. Mm-hmm. And you know, are these companies going to be there? For us, for for the customers, and are they going to be there? Are, they, are these the companies that are going to survive and thrive in this environment? Because I, I certainly see that, uh, uh, you know, in like unlike years past, where you know a lot of companies have been given a pass, maybe like a a, a Macy's or a Nordstrom's that sort of thing, or an American Eagle given a pass for um, for not doing very well. Uh, they, they, this is the year that they're not going to get one. Well, so. when we well, when we talked last week, I, I kind of voiced the concern that a lot of these companies were already struggling with excess inventories. And if the holiday season isn't as robust as, say, the National Retail Federation or the MasterCard spending pulse is calling for, you know, they, they run the risk of having another, you know, layer of inventories that they'll have to work through. And it, it becomes this almost perpetuating cycle. So, I, I you know, I don't know, but I, I I will say one of the data points, this isn't one that we always talk about, but one of the ones I'm kind of looking forward to getting uh, is going to be the September data for consumer credit. Because remember, the revolving credit in August really jumped up. And if it goes even higher, it means more consumers, more debt servicing, less disposable income, right? Because um, credit card debt's higher, interest rates are going to be higher. It, it's really going to make, make people, I think, a little nervous about the consumer spending capabilities really in the fourth quarter and into 2023. And, and you know, Chris, uh, just in about a week or so, we'll have, uh, we'll have a Fed meeting. Mm-hmm. And right after the Fed meeting, Chris, is the, uh, is the October jobs report. And that's going to be interesting because uh, I think that, yes. Do you know what else is happening the same day as the Fed meeting? As the Fed meeting, oh, would that be the monthly meeting for that our? That would be our monthly call. That's right, with Sarah that's, Silverstein. That's right. Yeah, it's going to be that's going to be an interesting call. So we'll be uh, we'll we'll be talking before that. Right Fed, before, just before, about an hour later, the uh, yeah. Fed must be coming in. So, so I will um, I will dial into um, the Fed meeting before our meeting. And hopefully, maybe we can, you know, be a fly on the wall. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see you knock Steve Leisman out of the way and get the microphone to ask a question. That's all. So, so that, so that jobs report Friday, Chris, <clears throat> is going to be interesting because, as we saw from the projections in September, the Fed is looking for the unemployment rate to 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 rise. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I think their their projection for 2023 is up to like 4.4 and what are we at 3.5 right now so that that's a significant jump in in unemployment rate meaning there's going to be job losses there's not going to be job gains and yeah. what do we have 250,000 last uh, last month this number is going to is going to come down significantly over the well, next 8 to so 12 months don't you think i i i do i mean we we've heard about a rash of companies 
that are starting to, you know, cut costs, examine cost synergies, you know, these sorts of things. And, you know, we did get the flash October PMI data earlier today, which was, you know, in the red for both uh, the composite manufacturing and services. Is inflation persistent? Yes. So, you know, I I see those numbers, but I also seem to recall Fed Chair Powell saying, we are not going to stop till the job is done and there will be pain. And and when you throw on top of that, uh, Loretta Mester, who is a uh, the president of the Cleveland Fed, uh, has said repeatedly, we will not be cutting rates in 2023. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unlikely in 2024. Right, right. So so I, I, you know, just to bring the conversation back to how we started, you know, whether or not the Fed does, you know, the, the consensus is that they're going to do 75 in November. I, I think the, the question mark is, at least right now, 50 or 75, right? And we were saying that comparatively year over year, entering 2023, interest rates are going to be, you know, considerably higher, right? That has to work its way through expectations, and it's going to weave its way through the economic data. Uh, but as you pointed out, the Fed is going to, you know, not likely to cut, you know, whether it's from 500 or 475, does it really matter? No, it doesn't. And and also, I wanted to put it some context, Chris, into what happened on Friday. And, you know, the assumption is that um, maybe the Fed is going to back off a little bit from what the rate hikes are. So so let, let's, let's understand that 2022 has been a bad year for most investors. I would say, by and large, eight out of 10 investors have lost money this year. And it's not easy to to, to recover that. And we, we get it, you know, understand. But um, so if you're looking for something that will turn the Fed around to make them less aggressive or less hawkish, I, I guess that, that that's what people are doing. They're looking for that, you know, quote unquote, green shoot. Thanks, uh, mm-hmm. Ben Franke, to, to, to put some put some reason and rationale for me to put my money back in the market. Because listen, um, at the S&P being down 20% this year, roughly 20%, you got to you got to earn about 28 to 30% to get yeah, back to come to all even. the way back. Yeah. To get back to even, right? So Yeah, this this is always, you know, when I see some of the talking heads on the cable channels who are, you know, prognosticating this, I I always have to wonder, you know, are they really talk are they is the data talking to them? Are they talking their book? What are, are they trying to yeah. Um, you know, subtly influence the, you know, the uh, Fed decision. And, and, you know, I we we said this last week that, look, we, we can debate over what the course of action by the Fed should be, right? But the reality is the Fed is going to do what they're going to do, and we have to manage the portfolio accordingly. Exactly. So, so now let me, let, let's just stick with that because, um, like I said a few minutes ago, on the October flash PMI for the U.S., Inflation's persistent. Um, it was, you know, a lot stronger over in the eurozone. You know, we also saw some of their inflation data come out last week, so not not much of a surprise. They have a monetary policy meeting this week. The expectation is 75 basis points. I I, I think we're going to see a um, a retread of what we see when when the Fed speaks, right? So, what's the policy statement? What are the comments made? Uh, because their economy is actually in much rougher shape than ours is. Yes, that's right. But uh, also, just remember something: if they if they take a much more aggressive um, stance, uh, bolder stance at, at raising interest rates, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the dollar. So the right. perception is that the if the dollar is weaker, that's going to make our goods cheaper overseas, and you're going to see companies like Microsoft and Salesforce companies that have said 
stronger dollar has been putting a lot of pressure on their margins and their and their bottom line, they're going to see them start um, start perhaps doing a little bit better. As you recall, last time the 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 euros raised interest rates, you saw the dollar collapse, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, bounce mm-hmm. right back, of course. But so you know, it, it all depends on you know whether you know one time doesn't make a pattern. But of course, if the Fed is uh, or if the Euro Fed is much more serious about snuffing out much higher inflation than we have, then then you know we're going to see some um, some strength in the euro uh, going forward. I, you know, I, I think that's right. The only the only thing I would tweak if I could would be um, you said cheap. I don't know that they're, they're, the goods will be cheap. They just won't be as expensive as they've been. That's right. Yeah, a little less expensive than they. Than yeah. they but, yeah. You know, I think the, these uh, they're they're suffering with their margins because of the strength of the dollar. And listen, I, I like I like a strong dollar, but for the right reasons, not necessarily for um, just because the euro is 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 weak. Um, are you planning some international travel? Is that why you're saying this? <laughs> no, but I know. Well, uh, maybe next year. And I, but I know you are. So you always uh. Well, I'll be uh, December. Across we'll be going. I'll, I'll I'll be in. Well, no, I'm not going. I'm not going there. Uh, I'm not going there before the end of the year. So we'll see. I I, I am going to U.S. territory, Puerto Rico. You know that. But uh, maybe in 2023, there might be some uh, travel outside the U.S. We will certainly see about that. So, Bob, um, later in the week, we, we've got the Fed, one of the Fed's uh, preferred uh, inflation metrics, September PCE. Um, you know, I, I think I wrote in the note to members today that, look, yeah, we had the flash PMI numbers and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, the weakness in the, the headline numbers might give those people who are calling for the Fed to slow their rates and firepower. But I think that we'll have a better sense as to what the December thought will be for the Fed after the PCE price index. And, uh, and, and I know you're one to really watch this over at the Cleveland Fed with their inflation now casting model. If we hit that number, I think this notion of 50 basis points is off the table again. I agree. And, uh, you know, so as, as as it relates to the markets, what would be a response or reaction to whatever that PCE number is? Um, look, the VIX is at 30 percent. So you, you, the rule of 16, so you, t- you divide that by 16 and you're looking at almost a 1.8 to 1.9 percent move implied every single day. So, I mean, for instance, last night we saw um, we saw the futures open at plus 50, Chris, mm-hmm. went all the way down to minus 36. So that's no, I saw that 2 percent. Uh, intraday or intra-evening on because the VIX, the volatility index for the uh, futures are are 30% as well too. So you have to expect that sort of move is going to happen. So we're going to have big moves up, big moves down. Yes. So um, it's going to and and these sort of big moves are are genuine generally uh, abhorrent to um, uh, you like that word abhorrent <laughs> for uh, investors. <laughs> they don't like that. They, they don't really, you know, people, they, they, they like, feel like a very nice, small, smooth ride up, not, not, not being jerked around by minus 40 to up 50 to, to minus 30 to up 60, you know, uh, it, that, that sort of uh, activity or action is, uh, is not welcome. So let, let me ask you this, because we, you know, I, I think members know that we have some concerns about earnings expectations, about what, what the market may be interpreting. Uh, the Fed's next move, and it might once again have it wrong. We'll, we'll, we'll see what the data has to say. But, you know, as, as we sit here, you know, the S&P is up around 1%, 37.90 or so, and it's continuing its uh, rally from late last week. But the VIX is actually trending up, and, it, and it's uh, it's back over 30. So 
what 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 should members be making of that? The S and P is going higher, but the VIX is going higher. Is, is is there a mismatch there, or is this you know something that we just have to watch? Well, certainly after the last three days, with uh, markets up probably more than five percent, five and a half percent, you know, you, people are buying protection because they're worried about that next leg down. You know, some people might interpret that in one way as being okay. The wall of worry is up. So that means the market can continue to go higher as people continue to worry about markets going down. But on the on the on the flip side, you know, an overbought market is something you really got to be careful with. It's very dangerous to start adding adding positions or adding adding capital and risk on that on that measure. So with but with vol, again with volatility up as you said, you know, we're going to have big wide swings. And I think most people are. Uh, What's interesting, Chris? I'm sorry to uh, interrupt you here, but uh, what's interesting here about the actually, day, actually, Bob, you interrupted yourself. I interrupted myself. <laughs> so, so we, out of the last 20 days, Chris, we've had 16 uh, days where the VIX has been over 30%. So over the last month, the average uh, volatility uh, number has been about 30%. That's almost unprecedented. I haven't really seen that in quite some time, especially when a market um, uh, in the market conditions that we're in right now. But you know that means that most people are have added protection. They're, they've gotten puts on. They've they've uh, they're short um, short calls against their stock, so they're ready for that. So you, you wonder that you know if the VIX can't go up anymore, it's the demand for for protection is just not there. So I think there's a lot of people who are waiting for that VIX to fall below 30, 29, 28, 27, and whatever have a big giant sell off in volatility, and then they're looking for markets to. To go up, so it's it's a tug of war going on right now. So, do you think there's a couple questions in there? Um, it sounds to me almost like the market. When, when you talk about that, I, I have to wonder if the market is not being driven by quote investors, but it's really driven more more by traders that are. I think this is Doug Cass's line. All and maybe he's not the originator of it, but I've heard him you know write about it or read about it. Sorry. I can't heard about him writing about it. That just doesn't work. <laughs> I, I would have to read about him writing about it um, where he would be like, you know, buy the dips and sell the rips. Or kill Is that the, he says kill the quants, quant, you know, <clears throat> quant programs. Yeah. So that's yeah. Buy the rips, sell, uh, buy the dips and sell the rips. That's pretty much the the, the mantra there. But I did read a I did read a, a, a message uh, last week, Chris, and said that uh, a lot of these big institutional banks are are have trading desks else else out there that are pretty much responsible for a lot of this um, uh, big these big moves in the middle of the night that we had, for instance, like last night, and and these big f- moves in in future. So you know the little guy once again getting squeezed out. Um, so you know it's just it's just pretty much par for the course. Well, you know we're we're not supporting the big trading desks. We're supporting the as you, to use your words, the little guy and the little gal, and we're just going to continue to be, you know, prudently managing the portfolio like we've done really over the last year. Um, with that, just, um, you know, are you surprised at all that some of the recent positions, Lockheed Martin, Elevance, have done really well? Um, other ones are, I think, are circling back in. Costco, you mentioned, and I, I, I agree with you, but also AMN has kind of has bounced back lately. Yeah, I saw. Was watching that today. It's up about three and a half bucks today, or something like that. Yeah, it's been like one eight, one eighteen at one point. One eighteen, one nineteen. It's making a nice move today on some pretty strong volume. So, you know, these are good, good, strong quality companies, Chris. You know, I, I, you, you've identified a lot of these and you know put them on on the radar 
for us to discuss, and and I've done the same thing for you. But uh, you know what we, you know, I mean, I mean, it helps that you know you've got a perspective, and I've got a different perspective, and we come together and and make that gel to uh, to a certain extent and say, look, you know what, this is the time to to go ahead and add that name. So um, you know what, when we got into AMN, I know there was a little bit of um. Uh, controversy with some of the some of the subscribers they didn't mostly to the extent that Chris that they didn't understand what they did but you came out and talked about it and very mm-hmm. very uh, generously gave your gave your view and and what they do and I think people understand that this is such a very different type of a company that we've ever had in the portfolio right oh yeah well I mean the same thing is true with clear secure right and that's yeah. you know it, I, I think that one of the things that we've tried to do is, in, is I won't say take the portfolio in different directions. That, that would be too simplistic. I think we wanted to identify areas with great growth opportunities that offer those opportunities despite the economic or market backdrop. You know, that's, that's really what we're looking for. That's right. Uh, and, 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 you know, Chris, what I, I was going to mention that uh, – you know, I, I get a lot of emails from people. Well, well, what is a good company that we should get into um, in in, an ec- in in a slowing economic environment or even in a recession? Right. Boy, that's that's a hard question to answer. Well, it? it is, it is. But remember, you know, during the summer, we we purposely started talking about defensive business models, inelastic business models, okay. right? Consumables. You know, these are some of the ones that you want because one, they have pricing power. Two, people are going to continue to stick with the stick with the product no matter what. And if it's consumable, you got to replace it. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, I, re- I remember, you know, they're they're uh, back in the um, back in the old days for me, back in 2000, 2001, 2002, y- y- they were just clobbering uh, groups every week every week every mm-hmm. month it was just like a rotation around it was like a they were carpet bombing housing banking technology discretionary i mean you you name it every 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 month or so it was just like a call they called it rolling corrections back then the each each sector they would just hit them but then i remember there was a there was a there was a name called um it used to call, be called bally's it was like uh it was one of these companies chris that uh makes slot machines for this casinos this stock went up like 2000% during this during a recession. So I couldn't believe mm-hmm. it. So so there were my my point here is this is there there are companies out there there are stocks out there that can defy what the the rest of the economy is doing. Not necessarily picking that um needle out of the haystack, but I think what we've done especially recently is finding the names that have an opportunity to do well and do better um than the rest of the market in yeah. an economic yeah. downturn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we we've talked about this in the past. We've written about it. You know, we're, we've also, I think, been smart about identifying companies that are poised to benefit from spending out of Washington, whether it's defense spending, whether it's the Biden infrastructure law and, and the various attributes to that for infrastructure EV charging. So um, I do know that we have a busy week. There's a lot of earnings, I think a thousand reports, something like that. Um, you know, decent amount of economic data for the portfolio. We got UPS, Google, Chipotle, MasterCard, Amazon, Apple, United Rentals. I think that's it. There might be one more in there. But let's let's do something that we don't usually do, Bob, which is there's two or three other big reports that are coming this week outside of the ones that we will be sharing our thoughts with members on. Uh, but we've also got uh, Meta Platforms, Caterpillar, and Intel. And you know, I know you uh, 
you've been very vocal, at least to me, about uh, concerns about Meta. You know, I I, I think you've you've identified uh, you know negative earnings growth for some period of time. Um, I think the big concern there is uh, a what in God's name are they spending you know a hundred billion dollars on? Because the last report I saw showed that the the numbers for their uh, Meta verse are very underwhelming, and there's some concern about advertising spend, especially after Snap not giving any real formal guidance. Um, and any thoughts on Meta? Yeah, no, I I I think they're I think they're in trouble. I think uh, you know um, uh, I think the people's usage and time spent on Facebook and Instagram is going down drastically. Um, you know, and I, and I, and I do think that, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a competition. Uh, I think net, uh, the Netflix CEO said this some years ago, it's a competition for getting people's attention. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, I'm, I'm sure you can, you know, you're watching Netflix and certainly you can be on, on your phone at the same time, but your, your attention's not, attention span's not there and your engagement is not there. So it trickles down to the amount of money that Facebook, um, gets on ads for mobile. I think I want to say Netflix, um, said, yeah, you know what? Um, we're not really we're not really we don't really care about HBO or or Paramount or CBS, whatever. Yeah. Platform. they're not. This is years ago. Yeah, Reed, Reed Hastings was saying that they're they're more worried about gaming. That's yeah, the time. gaming. Right. Yeah. That's right. It's yeah, a they're competing. They're competing for interest. Well, I mean, if you think about it, right? You gone from Facebook to Instagram, right? And now oh. they've got like Reels or whatever this thing is. Okay. Um, but but they're competing with more streaming platforms. And they're competing with TikTok, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and as that competition heats up, you know the advertising dollars, if the economy continues to slow, is going to shrink. So I I think the risk there is the guidance for advertise for their revenues tied to advertising. That's what yeah. I think. You know, it wasn't it wasn't too long ago, Chris, that uh, um, you know Microsoft had some really serious interest and in, maybe maybe even made an offer for TikTok. They want to say it was about three years ago. And yeah, we, we, I, I, can you imagine where that would have been? Where that would have landed them, if they'd have managed to get that to acquisition? Boy, it would have yeah. been right. I don't know. Well, you know, the, the the thing is too, and I think I wrote about this in the roundup from last week. You know, when we think about advertising, you know, we think obviously, uh, you know, Alphabet with Google, Google Search, YouTube, uh, Facebook with its various platforms, but um, there are more companies getting into that. Right. We know Amazon has an advertising business. Apple has an advertising business. Netflix is getting in there. Right. And I, I read reports that Uber is looking to get into digital advertising. And then I'm sitting there thinking, well, if, if Uber is going to do it, why not Airbnb? People are there. I mean, it, it, it just makes a lot of sense. So I, I think that the landscape for um Digital advertising needs to get much more competitive, but I will say I, I am, you know, we do have exposure to it through Alphabet. And I think when you look at the dominant, you know, Google doesn't like this word, but when you look at their dominant presence in search and in YouTube, I, I think that they can continue to weather the storm far better than some of these other companies. I agree. I agree. You know, what's interesting, Chris, is that this whole advertising thing is coming coming full circle, right? Because when when Netflix came out with their streaming, they they were so proud of the fact that no ads. We don't we we're not sending we're not spending any money on on ads and we're not getting any share on ads. We're we're going to give you an ad free platform. You don't have to worry about uh, 
about looking. You know, that's what that's what uh, terrestrial TV is all about. Mm-hmm. Terrestrial. Uh, but now, you know, it's like, you know, they, they basically said uncle and said, look, we got to we got to do something. Here. Well, you know, you know why that is, because they got all the subscribers that are going to pay that premium price. Yeah. And they, they know they're pretty sticky and they're not going to. Oh, know. it's not it's not only that, though. But like you and I were talking about this, not on the podcast, but just in another conversation we were having. Like if you add up all of your digital subscriptions, not not just streaming TV. But everything, I mean, it's it, it becomes a lofty number. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if if people kind of pivot towards, you know, I can watch a couple ads. It's not the end of the world. I, I'll I'll come clean. I'm even thinking of going to the advertising supported model for Netflix. So six ninety nine versus uh, what fourteen? Nineteen versus nineteen. Was oh, that nineteen? Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, that's too many. They got too many TVs. That's a significant savings for uh for for that for um. You know, just to watch some ads, I guess, right? Well, think of it this way: you'd sit there. Some people would go, "Yeah, thirteen bucks, whatever." Not even a pizza, but you know, you. But if you make the switch, you know, to Disney's ad-supported model and some of these others, all of a sudden, it's several hundred dollars a year that can be put to something else. So it, it's just something to think about. But the point here is, I, I think that they, they and others are. Um, hitting that wall in terms of premiums, so they are introducing these ad advertising-supported business models to continue delivering on the metric that the market wants subscriber growth. Yeah. Almost, couldn't, almost couldn't get that out. Yeah, and what's interesting is that if you watch Amazon here, they're, 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 uh, um, they're Thursday Night Football, and you know, obviously they have ads mm-hmm. on that, on that uh, Amazon Prime uh, channel. Um, so they're, they, they seem to be doing pretty well with that. And, uh, you know, people don't, don't care about watching watching advertisements on the on, on Amazon Prime and uh, watching the football game. So, you know, maybe maybe it is a model that uh, uh, these other companies are going to embrace well, and, and get Apple. In. I mean, think about it. Yeah. Apple does that, too, with their uh, MLB streaming. Right. That's right. right. The screen the screen doesn't go blank. No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, OK, so just two others real quick. Um, yeah. So Caterpillar. So I want to listen to what Caterpillar has to say because they always give a great economic outlook um, for the entire globe. But I also want to understand if they're starting to see rising equipment demand because of the Biden infrastructure law. And of course, that'll tie into our United Rentals and our Vulcan materials. Any any thoughts on Caterpillar, Bob? Yeah, so I think Caterpillar, um, you know, I the, the problem I have as to Caterpillar, Chris, is that, you know, with their exposure to China. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things going on with 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 China these days. Look at the Chinese names t- uh, today. You know, they're, oh, yeah. all, they're all pasted today. They're all getting hammered. Baidu, Alibaba, JD. Um, a lot of these companies are just getting getting poleaxed. Um, Caterpillar, you know, could could certainly, you know, uh, if, if they're not if they're not seeing some follow through with uh, with their Chinese sales in China or, 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 or able to or they having supply chain issues. You know, they're going well, to get- I agree. I agree. I agree. So like, you know, again, my 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 comment is really focused on what they're seeing in the U.S. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, there there's opportunities in other markets, of course. But but you you do raise a good point on on input costs. Steel. Remember on the uh, last members call, um, the monthly members call, we talked about deer and how input prices might be falling for some of their material. So that is actually a good reminder and and a good check. Um, and then finally, Bob, uh, I, I can't imagine Intel is going to have anything good to say. No, I, I, I suspect that uh, 
you know, the guillotine is going to be coming out for Pat Gelsinger pretty soon. And uh, he's the CEO of, of mm-hmm. uh, Intel. And uh, I, I, they haven't done anything right other than, you know, they're talking about spinning off Mobileye, which they bought some years ago. And, and they're just going to send out a sliver of stock. It's it's criminal when they do that. But, you know, it is it is what it is. But they just send that's out. Called, that's called having my cake and eat it, too. That's right. That's right. So they're going to watch Mobileye, you know, start shooting through the roof because they only offered a small amount of, of stock to the public. And, you know, don't watch Intel. Watch Mobileye. That's the, keep your eye on the Mobileye. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know what surprises me? So, like, we got the question, again, on the last monthly members call about Ford versus GM. And I, I made the point that Ford is a lot further ahead on the EV front. GM is a little ahead on the autonomous driving front. But we haven't really seen a lot of conversation about autonomous driving. You know, I mean, yes, there, there's the, you know, every so often headline about Google's Waymo business or something like that. But it, it, it's almost as if it's kind of gone onto the back burner a little bit. So I, I, I really wonder, like, you know, why are they floating this company now? Like, is, is there some other reason that they need to do something over yeah. at Intel? That's right. I, I, and what's interesting, I guess that used to be a thing for a while there with uh, with the autonomous driving, even Uber was talking about that as well too. So yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. Well, as, you know why why this and, and of course Nvidia is involved in that whole in that whole business as well too, and they're far bigger and dominant than Intel or Mobileye is. Yeah, no, I well I I think I think Mobileye you know years ago when Mobileye was its own public company, it constantly talked about oh we're racking up all these design wins and all this other stuff, and I I learned a very very long time ago. Um, there was a company, it was a display company called 3.5 Systems. And I think at one point in time, they had like some something ridiculous like, you know, uh, 75 or 90 new, not smartphone, mobile phone design okay. wins, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, like, you know, was it 90, it was 2000, 2001 came along. And how many of those design wins became products? Care to guess? Uh, none. Zero. <laughs> so, you know, design wins are great, but they're, you know, they're not necessarily a, a real indicator. It's almost like, you know, the, the difference between building permits and housing starts, you know, permits are nice. Starts are what matter. It's like a, it's like a biotech firm gets a phase one approval from the FDA. That's not going to market. It's nice to get that win, but it's not going to market. Yeah. Yet. yeah. I'm not yeah. making any money yet. So. All right. Any, so we once again covered quite a bit of ground. Um, Anything, anything else that we should point out? I know, again, a lot of earnings, a lot of economic data. We'll be paying attention to the PCE price index later in the week. You'll be keeping your eye on the 3,900 level for the market. Yeah, and so I, as I mentioned on the uh, on the rundown call uh, today, um, I did um, mention that um, towards the end of this week, Chris, is uh, seasonal trends. Can, mm-hmm. can take over, right? And and what have we noticed uh, historically? And I like to look at the history of markets, and the and, and the, these are the facts that I like to look at. Um, <clears throat> at. I think thirty of the last thirty-five years, Chris, between October twenty-sixth and November second or third, has been, the markets have been up that five to six day. I mean, eighty percent of the time it's been up up uh, uh, up. The market's been up 
close to 1%, 1, 1.5%. 1, now, of course, you can do that in one day, right? But, I mean, the general... <laughs> we were just up 5% in the last couple of days. I know, I know. So, I mean, of course, we were, all, we were up almost 1% earlier, just about 10 minutes ago. So, um, so we, you know, uh, uh, but, but the general feeling is that, you know, if, if, if the markets can um, you have that bullish fever for the next five to seven days and then leading into the uh, the midterm elections, which are coming up. I think we'll talk about that. Um, oh, no, we're, gonna, we're not going to talk about that next week because we have our call, right? This, this just in. This uh, just, for, for, for those who were thinking, oh, maybe inflation may not, may not be so bad. Uh, Apple's rising. Apple is increasing the prices on its TV and music streaming services. So, oh, lovely! So I'm going to be I'm going to be paying a little more money for uh, for Apple streaming. Here. Hey, I bet you'll be the one you'll you'll be joining me in the ad supported versions. I think. Yeah. So <laughs> so access to Apple TV is going to go to six ninety nine a month. Again, not the most expensive out there, but that compares to the prior price of four ninety nine a month. So that's that that's a two that's a two dollar jump. That's that's pretty sizable. And and of course there are other ones, but we'll we'll, we'll share those thoughts with members in in a uh, forthcoming note. Um, one other thing, uh, just so members know, it's been a couple of weeks uh, since our last members only call. Uh, we are working on revamping the rating system, where we're really trying to figure out a way to to communicate the needs of the portfolio, but also keeping it simple. Uh, clear, easily identifiable, and digestible for members. So we're we're, we're going to continue to toil away on that. I'm just mentioning it so we did not forget. In fact, the reason we were talking about that is there are some ratings in the portfolio that we're kind of um, kind of kicking around. There might be some changes. Uh, you know, I won't say you know this week, but there might be some changes in the in the coming weeks. But we'll uh, before we'll be sure to communicate and articulate those as they happen. Bob, anything else? Yeah, you know what? I, I just wanted to reflect on one of our names, newer names that we have. I think I want to say uh, Axon, A-X-O-N, new, uh, new 52-week high or maybe close to a new all-time high. Up seven, up 5% today, Chris. So Really? Interesting. I wonder, uh, I'll have to take a look what the catalyst is. I mean, you know, but again, it, it, like we, we've talked about this, um, you know, part of the Biden agenda, right? But also also that that transformation in the business towards you know the cloud-based service and it's very sticky i mean really kind of like it so all right anyway that'll close out uh the podcast for this week we will be around of course all week um hey bob we won't have a podcast next week because no, we have the members call right because uh and and also you know that's a that's a scary day next monday it's halloween are you, it's a good thing you already have your mask on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a great face for radio, as we all know, Chris. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, members, the next uh, podcast will be out November 7th. And we will, of course, put that in the show notes. Um, and if you get any questions, please uh, email us. It's aapclub at the street.com. Thanks, everyone.